For people new to the world of investing, buying stocks can seem like a very scary concept, particularly during times of extreme volatility as we are facing today. But according to Simply FI, a non-profit community of personal finance and investing enthusiasts in the UAE, investing does not need to be complex at all. They say the process can actually be quite simple and you could master the basics in just a couple of hours. To help residents achieve this, the group has launched its first guide to investing. It can be downloaded for free from simplyfi.org or through their Facebook page. The group, whose other goal is to help each other achieve financial independence, believes the best way to generate wealth for your future is to put your money in low-cost exchange-traded funds and leave it there over the long term. So what does this new guide teach us? How does a passive investment strategy help secure your financial future? And how can we all go about achieving financial independence? Welcome to Pocketful of Dirhams. I'm Alice Hayne, the Personal Finance Editor of The National. And joining me today is Ellie Arani, the guide's main author and a board member of Simply FI, and Sebastian Aguilar, who founded SimplyFI.org in the UAE. Welcome to the show, Ellie and Sebastian. Thank you for having us. Now, I've been a member of your group on Facebook and I've been tracking your efforts over the years. You know, you've been educating UAE residents on the benefits of low cost index investing and the goal of financial independence. And for those of our listeners not familiar with your group, when did you first launch and why? So the, the group came uh, came to life after we connected with a few friends. Um, but so from, from my personal story, it all started because I was broke and struggling financially when I first got to the UAE. Um, between two jobs, I had to borrow money. Um, and so that kind of put me in a place where I had to take control of my finances and start tracking things. And then at some point I realized I didn't have a pension back home. And so I had to plan for my retirement. Um, and from there, I was doing a lot of research. I went to HR banks and financial advisors, independent financial advisors to seek um, advice and see how I can handle all that. So um that's when I signed up. I got sold into uh, long-term savings plans. Um, and these are very common products in, in the region. Um, and only to later find that um, these plans were not really suitable for me. And they're very expensive. They were locking me in for a long time. Um, a lot of penalties if you were trying to get out. It was very, um, like, it, it's it's a very dangerous product for, from a personal finance perspective. Uh, at least it was not suitable for me. So when did you realize that it wasn't working for you? When did you click there wasn't, this wasn't the right thing for you? So what I was investing through the saving plan was only a, like, like a small portion of my savings. It wasn't very much. Um, and I continued doing some research because I wasn't completely convinced uh, by the fact that everyone was trying to sell me the same thing. Um, and uh, doing research, I realized that there was another way and there was a simple way to invest without having to pay for an expensive financial advisor or an expensive plan. And that is simply through research on the internet, finding other communities abroad uh, and reading the right books. Um, uh, so that that basically uh, brought to my attention that this could be done much more efficiently and much more simply uh, on your own um, or with the right kind of guidance, but basically not through those plans. And when you say those plans, you're talking about um, long-term contractual savings plans. These are often provided by insurance companies, um, they're global insurance companies, and they they tie you into the plan for a set period of time. It can be up to 25 years. That's correct, yes. And they are sold by advisors who 
sort of provide this service for free, but they get commission from the back uh, through the insurance provider, um, which basically sets uh, creates this whole incentive. Um, um, and, and yeah, it, it just the, the, whole, the incentive is wrong because it, it the everyone is serving. Um, the, the platforms and themselves and not really an investor. So for you, once you realized this wasn't working for you, you, you decided to get out of the product and, and why did you then decide to set up a group? Yeah, when I realized how bad it was for my own personal finance, I started sharing that with my friends at first and then my colleagues. Um, and I realized that there were other people were in those plans and they really needed to understand that there was an alternative that was far more effective and actually quite simple. Um, and then from there, after just connecting with other like-minded people, including uh, Jen Lincoln, who had just started the UA Boggleheads group, um, together we started just hosting meetups. Um, and from there, the group group, yeah, sort of, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, appeared naturally because we, we we wanted to share, we want to learn from each other, and more and more people were joining. Um, so that's how it all started. Now, you, initially, as you say, you started Boggleheads, which is based on the investment philosophies of Jack Boggle. Um, why, why was that something that you were interested in? Because the principles are simple and effective and timeless, and it's something that I can implement on my own without having to pay expensive fees. It's basically so powerful for the individual investor um, that it's almost a no-brainer for me to go that route rather than to do anything else really with my money. Um, it's, it's, it's a strategy that's developed by individual investors for individual investors and championed by Jack Bogle, who created the first index fund and really served the individual com- investors rather than the shareholders or the big institutions. Um, he, he really transformed the industry and um, yeah, what he created is really a lifesaver for me. For me, it's completely changed my life. So looking back now, I realized that that is one of the most important decisions I make was to learn about this and start implemented this, implementing this simple strategy. So we'll come on to what that strategy is in a bit. But you, you were in the Boggleheads groups, and then from there you formed Simply FI. So from what I've seen over the years, you, you do host free seminars or educational sessions where you all come together and advise each other, so to speak. You know, it's a community. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about why you then set up Simply FI and, and the work that you all do together? Yeah, so Simplify came a bit later um, when we were trying to improve our message, uh, get a website. Uh, we were combining things with the financial independence community in addition to the index investing community. Um, and we wanted to go beyond the UAE as well. So the name is sort of, you know, country neutral. Um, and, and, and yeah, we came together because there was a need for this to be a message that's shared by the community for the community. And so it's very much community-centered. Um, everything is run by community members who simply volunteer their time. Uh, well, me and Ellie are basically just community members and we decide to share our time and share our personal experiences and share things that we find, you know, that we learn about. We simply, you know, share that with others and say, hey guys, this is helping me a lot. So I'm, I'm hoping it's going to help you. And so the whole community works from that energy alone, which is, um, yeah, <laughs> finding um, finding things that help us and sharing that with others. And from there, yeah, basically, um, I couldn't run this whole thing alone. Um, and we had a small team at first, but gradually we we invited more uh, members, such as Ellie and others, uh, to join. Um, and every single one um, of those members were already contributing a lot. And as we you know, we simply asked them to join the team, and they continue doing that. And it's basically empowering them to do even more. We basically paid forward all the time, and it's um, 
yeah, it's very powerful and it's gratifying and it's helping a lot of people. Um, and it's growing fast now. It's really uh, it's taken off. So from what I see, and I, obviously I track a lot of what you do on Facebook, there's lots of people who join your group and they, there are lots of questions. I want to start investing. What do I do? How do I get involved? What ETFs do I buy? How do I get on board with this? And, and you know, there's lots of questions all the time. So was that why you decided to set up the guide and write a sort of actually document your strategy so that people could just go and read that and get going? There obviously uh, is no shortage of investment literature out there. And that also includes our own uh, Facebook group and website. So basically, we want to, to consolidate all of that knowledge in a single place. And uh, therefore, we have created this guide in a way that is pretty much easy to read, that anyone can pick up and read in like maybe a couple of hours or even less. And uh, there'll be... Uh, they'll be on their way to, uh, to, to financial independence. So it basically has all the basic steps. So it, we, we, uh, we explain the basic concept, I mean, the core concept. We provide some actionable uh, steps. We call that the FI playbook. And uh, anyone can pretty much follow uh, the steps uh, along. Okay, so if I can learn it in a couple of hours or our listeners can learn it in a couple of hours, perhaps you can now break it down into a few minutes and give us a little quick A to B summary maybe of how to invest in index funds on your own. How do you do it? So maybe let us start by uh, walking you through our, uh, our framework, what we call the, uh, the, the FI playbook. So basically it's a, it's a nine-step uh, framework. The first one is uh, to pay, I mean, it all starts by paying off your credit card debt. I mean, the reason behind this is you obviously cannot get enough return if you, you invest your money uh, as opposed to paying your uh, as, as opposed to paying your credit card debt. So therefore, it's it's very it's uh, it's very important to to start by paying off your credit card or any high interest debt for that matter. And after that, it is important to set up an emergency fund. Uh, an emergency fund is simply a, uh, a, an account, a bank account, uh, namely, with uh, close to three or up to six months of living expenses set uh, aside for a rainy day. Uh, so after you set up your emergency fund, it's critically important to develop an investment plan. So an investment plan is uh, it's a plan in writing in which you define your goals, your, your timelines, uh, your, your investment horizons, your asset allocation, which is basically a, a fancy term for, uh, for the percentage of your stocks and bonds in your, uh, in your portfolio. And once you have this documented, you just open a brokerage account, and then it's just about transferring the money to your brokerage account and buying your ETF on a regular basis. So that could be done on a monthly or quarterly basis, depending on the cases. And every once in a while, you have to rebalance your portfolio so that you can maintain your, um, your asset allocation in line with your, your initial target, I mean, your original target, and so that you can uh, maintain the, uh, the risk of your portfolio. Most importantly, while we're doing all this, it's critically important to ignore the financial news, uh, not to try to time the market. And uh, then you have to avoid a few common mistakes uh, that beginner investor uh, might do at some point in time, and you're good to go. Wow. Okay. So it really is that simple. But I mean, all of that does take a little bit longer than two hours. I mean, obviously, digesting it takes two hours. But actually investing, you've really got to sort of 
take hold of yourself and think, right, I'm going to do this. And you do need to commit a little bit of time because you've got to choose which ETFs you want to invest in. And how do you help people make that, that, that choice? Well, we, we basically present a couple of sample portfolios. I mean, by the way, it doesn't mean that we are, uh, we're recommending those portfolios. We're just giving those as, as example portfolios that people can use or could replicate on their own. And it all boils down to buying a global, uh, a globally diversified uh, stock uh, ETF, as well as a globally diversified bond, government bond ETF. So it's as simple as this. The actual percentages of each of these ETFs depends on each one's risk tolerance uh, and, uh, and, and needs. So we explained, we explained this pretty much in, in the guide. We show you a spectrum or a range of returns or, or losses in some cases uh, for different kinds of portfolio uh, asset allocations from 100% stocks, 0% bonds, to all the way to 100% bonds and 0% stocks and uh, everything in between. So we show people what kind of returns to expect. And this is actually based on historical returns. So nobody can, obviously nobody can predict the future. But as the saying goes, history doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. So once you've you know, chosen the, the ETFs you actually want to invest into, how do you choose which percentage goes into stocks and which percentage goes into bonds? Now you're saying that's based on your personal risk profile, but is that also slightly dependent on your, on your age and at what point you enter the investment strategy? That's a very good question. Uh, well, yes and no. Uh, there is a popular saying or a rule of thumb, a very popular rule of thumb on the, on the internet that's, that goes like, you need to have your age in bonds. Uh, while, while this could be okay as a starting point, but that does not really reflect everyone's uh, risk tolerance and sometimes uh, your need to take risk. For example, if somebody started late uh, and he maybe, maybe he need to be more, more aggressive than, than, the, the, than the regular Joe, uh, so to speak, in terms of, uh, in terms of risk tolerance. So therefore, uh, while the, your age in bonds could be a good starting point, I honestly believe that every single case is different. So it's, it's really a, on a case-to-case basis. And to, to, to make that easier, there's a set of questions that we've, I think, included in the guide. Um, and there's three simple questions, but they require a bit of yeah, self-reflection. Uh, um, and the questions are, you know, uh, how, much re- how, how much risk do you need to take? Right? And Ellie gave the example of someone who needs to be aggressive, but it can also be someone who actually has already a good portfolio and doesn't need to take more risk, more risk because conserving the value of the portfolio is more important than actually growing it. Um, how much risk are you willing to take? So how, you know, uh, how much can you handle in terms of volatility? What's, you know, what's going to help you sleep at night? And then um, how much risk are you able to take? And this is often what is driving the whole conversation is, um, like what's your hor- um, time horizon? So how long are you going to be investing for? How soon do you need the money? Uh, what are your backup plans? Do you have a very stable income uh, and a job or is it something that's a bit risky and so you you know you might need more money than you think a bit earlier? Uh, do you have other income streams, etc.? So it's sort of a, you need to ask those questions to, to have a good understanding of your emotional, um, the emotional aspect of investing. In the end, that's the most difficult part of investing is managing emotions um, and then your personal situation uh, which basically will help you handle the emotions 
And what's the ultimate goal here? I mean, ultimately, you're trying to save and invest for your future so that you can support yourself uh, in retirement. But you guys are also about financial independence. And financial independence means you don't get to 60 and stop working at 60. Ideally, you reach that state of financial independence earlier. So can you talk me a little bit more through that goal that you guys have of reaching financial independence? So yeah, financial independence can be that far away goal of not having to work to basically have enough money to cover expenses. So technically that's the definition, right? Having enough passive income or you know, being able to withdraw uh, enough from your portfolio so that it doesn't deplete uh, over the long term and, and having that amount cover your expenses. That's the, the general definition. Now, for me, financial independence is more the journey. It's about building financial security and financial freedom in your life gradually. So it's about reducing the stress related to financial questions. It's about being in a good, safe place. So at first, it's about what Eli was saying, right? It's getting rid of your expensive debt, having a financial cushion or emergency fund, because then that gives you security, it gives you freedom. You can already make better choices in your life um, in terms of your, you know, how you spend your time, but also what kind of jobs you accept to, to take. And um, yeah, you can be a lot less stressed. You're not dependent on your job and say your employer, for example. Um, and then from there, you just build upward and you just create more security, more freedom, all the way to the point where you don't need a paid income potentially. Um, and that can be you know, achieved fast for some people. It can take a long time. What's important is to progress there and basically improve your, the quality of your life, reducing stress, giving you opportunities um, and, and, and power to make decisions that, on, on, based on things that really matter to you rather than just money. Now, you've achieved financial independence, Sebastian. Can you talk us through how long it took you to get there and, and what that journey means to you? Um, yeah, it's, um, I mean, it's a bit of a special story because it's quite unique. I don't know if it's replicable for, by everybody. Um, but I did get lucky in a way, um, in the sense that, I, as I mentioned earlier, I started by being broke in Dubai. <laughs> Uh, I was broke. I had to crash at a friend's place. I had to borrow money from my little brother. And basically being in that place forced me to take control of my finances um, and start like thinking about this carefully and look at it and plan it. And, um, and that's where it all began, right? But taking control of the finances is really the first step. Um, and from there, I, I was working hard. I, you know, I liked my job. I was having an impact through my work. And so things went well. I managed to increase my, my salary. Um, quite well over over the years, and I mean, I maintained my level of expenses at the same level because I was happy, and most of my friends were happy at that level as well. So it's kind of I was in the good place. So in that sense, that I didn't have friends who were spending it all all over the place. Well, I had a few, but <laughs> I was strong enough to sort of maintain my own philosophy with money, and you know, focusing on on happiness and what you know what brings me value is not spending; it's spending time. Well, spending money. It's rather spending time with the people I care about, and so that drove basically the whole journey, it made my journey much faster. The, the combination of being able to keep my expenses where they were and even optimizing them as time passed, right? I, I, I sold my car. I, I moved in with, with friends in, uh, in a big villa that we were sharing. And there's, there's a bunch of things there that um, really helped. And then they had increased income. So for me, overall, it took about seven years from, from when I was broke, zero, to when I quit my job. Um, actually, exactly seven years <laughs> and a few days less. I mean, the UAE is a unique place for this to happen. And the potential is there for a lot of people to do this pretty fast um, if, they, yeah, if they do it right and if they have the right priorities. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I did value freedom and, you know, the idea that I could do whatever I want my time after a certain point. 
so that drove me um and it just happened that i could be very happy uh with the level of life that i had which you know we were traveling a lot we were just smart in the way we traveled and uh, we were having good time parties and everything and just also in a smart way um so it's about being smart along the way and and knowing what you value and how about you ellie are you are you also aiming for financial independence how are you, what's your goal through this investment strategy and how long have you been following this line well quite honestly i've been a bit late uh, to the game so uh, i obviously still have a, a long way to go uh, i actually started just a few years ago 3 years ago to be uh, to be more precise and uh, i believe i still have seven or so years before i achieve financial independence that's pretty good huh <laughs> yeah i'm i'm still i'm still impressed with that i i I I like to hear these stories it gives me hope. I mean we're all we're all aiming for that ultimately but you know it can take a while to get there. Do you invest on your own? Send us your stories and questions to pf@thenational.ae and remember that PF stands for personal finance. Which brings me on to a question from Alyssa. This is from FM in Abu Dhabi. and she writes i want to invest in the stock market for my retirement but i find all the terminology quite complicated how do i get myself up to speed so that i can learn and understand how to do it myself in the past i relied on others to manage my finances and i got burnt so now i want to take control but i simply don't know where to start and this is probably something you've seen quite a lot on your facebook group is is people join and they get sort of overwhelmed by the language and as somebody who you know i haven't always been a, a personal finance expert but again i've learned over time and um you've just kind of got to throw yourself in there is my strategy what what what's your advice here well i mean in this particular case i would simply tell them get our getting started guide uh you'll get everything you need to get started and if you need any additional assistance you can come i mean you can join our facebook group where we have an, a very active community Uh, that could help you along the way so people can ask questions and get answers you know it doesn't all have to come from you guys you all sort of help each other that's the that's the very essence of the group in a way isn't it yeah the community is full of people who are helping each other all the time and that's its power really and we like we do spend time doing things but the vast majority of the value comes from uh, from the members that are helping each other so for fm who wrote this question i mean obviously you know the group is made for her right everything will be there the guide is written for her um we're not the only source of information but we try as much as we can to be completely unbiased uh, obviously we don't charge anything so it's all free it's all volunteer it's all by investors for investors by beginners for beginners right because both me and ellie we started where she is today and in 7 years she might be a fi it's just a matter of getting the right knowledge and taking action um another great resource that's often mentioned is the book from andrew hallam the millionaire expat um and there are a few other places where people can go for that um for that that sort of information as well absolutely we had andrew hallam on pocket full of dirhams a few weeks ago and he he was brilliant at offering his tips but i mean your group is all about encouraging people to take control of their finances and invest on their own but some people just aren't comfortable with that they still like to have their hand held do you think there's still a place for others to help out you know advisors robo advisors because not everybody's comfortable doing it on their own There there is definitely a wide range of ways of doing this and the DIY approach is sort of the most hardcore uh it's not very complicated but you do need some to take some time to learn um uh and that's not for everyone so that's very true and there is space for 
advisors. It's just a matter of picking the right advisors, someone who's aligned with you know these aligned with your own uh, interest, right? Someone who's going to defend your interest and work for you rather than for themselves. And that is very rare in the UAE. There are a few, there are a handful, which we list in the guide. Um, and Andrew Hallam lists them as well. Um, and they also are robo-advisors that are doing an excellent job of making all of this a lot easier for everyone. And there are a, f- a couple in the UAE uh, that are excellent. Um, and so for anyone who's looking to start fast without having to spend time learning or is or is really overwhelmed despite reading the simple guide that we've provided uh, then robo advisory are an excellent place uh, there's one more way of getting help and that is to find an investor who has done this before and who can teach you all of this uh, and guide you through the process and i think this is something that a lot of people are not aware of but there are uh, people who offer this service and i think it's very valuable because it really shortens the time it takes to learn and actually get started. So that's another very good option for people. And how do you reassure group members in volatile times? I mean, February and March, we literally saw the markets crash. Um, and, you know, people did panic and they did worry. You know, I'm in this long-term, low-cost index, index vesting strategy, but, you know, the markets are crashed. How do you reassure them? Because on the one hand, your messages don't follow the news. And I will actually disagree with you because as a journalist, I want people to read the news. I want you to uh, read it. I'm not saying act on it, but definitely be aware of what's going on in the market. But as you say, don't necessarily react to it and stick with your strategy. How do you keep people on track in those times? Uh, well, well, basically, we have given in the guide a couple of uh, facts about the market, like historical facts about the market. And we showed that corrections and bear markets happen pretty much all the time. And uh, just to explain what a correction and what a bear market is, a correction is when the market drops by 10% or more from, from, the, from, from its recent peak, while a bear market is when the market actually falls by 20% or more of its recent, I mean, from its recent peak. Uh, so historically speaking, a correction, which is a 10 to 20% drop, has happened on average once a year over the last 120 years. So basically, you, you can expect a correction every year. Now, there, that doesn't mean that they are spaced out this way, uh, but on average, they are, they are pretty much spaced out this way, uh, so to speak. Now, the bear markets, though, they, they happen every, on average every three to five years, again, historically speaking. And these tend to last on average uh, between a couple of months, just like we have seen back in, uh, in, uh, in February and March, up to a couple of years. So that is on average how they are basically, I mean, the duration of a typical uh, bear market, whereby a correction usually lasts less than a couple of months. And we give those numbers and those statistics in the, in the guide. So basically, it's important to get your psychology right because if you're going to panic and sell, you might as well be selling just before the, the market actually rebounds and you might be, uh, you might be left on the, on the sidelines waiting in cash while watching uh, the market pretty much uh, rally. So therefore, we always advise people to stay the course, uh, not to react to market news, and uh, they should be, uh, I mean, and even if the, the market dips over the long term, this is going to be just a little blip 
uh, over the long term. So therefore, it's important to ignore all of the noise and simply to stay the course. Yeah, so this this investment this investment strategy is really focused on the long term, right? We're here to build, you know, our pension retirement fund. Uh, we're here to create freedom over the long term. Uh, and, and as Eli mentioned, it's built on statistical analysis of what's happened in the past and what has worked and what has not worked. And on average, for individual investors, actually on average for every, for every investor, trying to time the market fails. Over the long term, you can't completely time the market all the time. And the chances of you finding someone who can is also extremely low. So and the strategy is about saying, I am okay with the market returns, which are amazing over the long term, and which very few investors actually get. Why? Because they buy and sell and they are driven by emotions. So the whole strategy is about buy and hold um, and stick to the plan, rebalance regularly. Um, and without fail, that is going to be one of the most successful strategies at the lowest cost, and it will take very little time. So it's, there's so many benefits to this approach. Uh, that is why it's so effective and simple to implement. Sebastian and Ellie, thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Alice. If you have a question you would like to ask us, send it to pf at thenational.ie. And remember, that's pf for personal finance. Please do subscribe to the podcast in your podcasting app to receive weekly updates. And also leave us a review so we know what you think. This episode was produced by Arthur Edison. I've been your host, Alice Haynes.